0: Thank you for joining us for this message today. If you're new to the church or wanna connect in any way, check us out at harborcitychurch.org. We would love to connect with you, thank you so much. And with that, let's jump into the message.
1: So, happy Father's Day, men. All of you, minus you, Colton, yeah. <laughs> are fathers, and thanks for joining me today. And I am excited to be able to just have some time with you guys. You guys are the comic relief. I'm gonna be the serious part of this. So I just it's want to let you know that I am welcoming fathers, I am welcoming mothers, I am welcoming singles, I am welcoming everyone to this morning's service, and hope you really enjoy this. These guys are awesome. I'm really excited. So we have Jonathan Fisher. Over here, Jonathan has three boys. He's got, You remind me, 11. 11, 9, and 4. 11,
2: 9, and
1: 4. Okay, Colton, you are? 15. 15, and he (laughs) is the son of Daniel. Daniel's right next to him. Daniel, you also have a daughter who is? 14. 14 years old. This is Brian McGregor, and Brian's children are?
3: 20 and 18.
1: Okay, 20 and 18. So those are their credentials for being here. They have children, except for Colton, who's going to just insert what he thinks life is like. I as exist. I, exactly. <laughs> this is my he purpose. exists. This he is, is my purpose here. And he is here. But as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about, for those of you who are not dads, I am reminded of Abraham, who was declared the father to all of us the father of the faith and we are men and women of faith today and what that sh- says to, says to me is that Abraham left a legacy that we get to follow and that is something that God is calling us to do also is leave a legacy and i'm also aware that some of the things that make it challenging sometimes for us to live leave a legacy a, a godly healthy um, legacy is some of our experiences life experiences so they will affect our perspective of life whether it's negative whether it's positive those things do affect our actions and our thoughts so we need to remember that life happens right agree we life hope. Yeah. all the time happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and for a lot of people father's day conjures up negative rather than positive Um, emotions, and whether we like it or not, we are driven, we are oftentimes more than we'd like to be controlled by our emotions. And so for those of you who are not fond of this day, because it does stir up those emotions, I'm sorry. I am sorry for the things that you experienced, but I also want you to know that I feel like there's some redemption in this, and that I hope that you find the truth in that you don't have to repeat the negative experiences that you might have lived through. You can do things differently. You can be the change. You can be the one who is going to um, display a legacy to your children and those who are watching you that is worth following and worth remembering. Even if you don't have kids, you are living a legacy. Whether you like it or not, people are looking at your life, and they are, they are going to learn from what you are displaying to them. So that's just, being, that's just being said. So for me, Father's Day reminds me of a really great man that I had as a dad, and I shared my life with him for the first 17 years of my life. And my dad showed me a great work ethic. My dad was a good provider for our family. He was a great law-abiding citizen. He had value for the house of God. And before he passed away, he came to know Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. He was far from perfect, but I loved and I admired him. And I wanted to please him. I really did. And as a teenager, he was a good loving part of my life. So for me, Father's Day is good. I don't have any problem seeing God as a good loving heavenly father because my dad was a good loving earthly father for me. When I became when I when I got to 20 years old, I met my amazing husband, and I married him. And he became, yes. uh, uh And he became became the incredible father of our two lovely girls. Jamie is 43 now. I can't be that old. And Jill just turned 41 yesterday. So he was not a perfect father either, but he did do a lot of great (laughs) things. He made life fun for us, which honestly, for me, often made lives much more difficult. He was a great provider, I knew that. and the, But the thing that I loved about Doug more than anything else, the thing that caused me to want to marry him was the fact that he loved God. And he wanted that love being transferred to us, to our children, to me, and now to our grandchildren. And we have eight amazing grandkids that we really want to see love God. So if you ask me today, what I wanted to share with men, here's the first thing. Here's the first scripture, men, that I want to share with you. It is found in 1 Timothy 2.8. And if it is still up, I will share it with you. And it's not, so I'm going to read it. Therefore, I want men, you men, everywhere to pray. That's the thing that God's calling men to learn how to do, is to pray. And the other thing he's calling you to do is lifting up holy hands, And kind of the way he wants you to do it is without anger or disputing. So I guess that today, I'd love to encourage you men to do this, be the example with your children, with people who are watching your life. Don't be embarrassed to be called a Christian. Let your faith shine brightly. That's just something that I just want to encourage us to do because if you would do that, Colton, what do you feel about that?
0: Um, Lifting
1: up holy hands.
0: Um, I don't quite know. Don't Is it know uncomfortable how for you? I don't know how I feel about that. I haven't had enough life experience to fully answer that question, I guess. Okay, I,
1: that's fine. No and you know what? Sometimes it feels really awkward. So I'm just encouraging you. That's something the Bible tells us to do Men, lift up holy hands. Be the example to those who are watching your life. But that's not the scripture I want to use. The scripture that we're going to use today that these guys are going to help us to unpack is found in Micah verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 8. So here's what it says. The Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you. First thing, to do what is right. The second, to love mercy. The third, to walk humbly with your God. So Brian is going to unpack the first one. And the first one is to do what is right. So what does the word right mean? I'm going to give you a little dictionary definition for that and the word right is being used if it's being used as an adjective is defined as morally good, justified or acceptable, true or correct as a fact. It's also being used as an adverb which is defined as correctly as a noun that which is morally correct, just, or honorable, and as a verb, it means to restore to a normal or upright position. So Brian, what does it look like to you to do what is right?
3: So this is a, it's a hard one, but it's really pretty easy, and I know Jonathan knows this, but for those of you who don't, I'm Lois's favorite cousin. Amen. (laughs) She's got a couple of them, but I'm the favorite. So when I think she's Pretty brave to ask me to do this. It's because I've known her my whole life and I know all of the stories. So,
1: good, bad, and ugly.
3: Yeah, we'll skip those. Um, so, when Lois asked me to do this to be part of the Father's Day service, she gave me cho- first choice, sorry guys, about which one I wanted. Um, so, I chose to do what is right. Um, we're supposed to do justly, and I chose this part because it's the easiest. So, we're fathers. We need to do what's right. And we all agree with that, right? You guys try to do what's right? I'm not a father, but sure, I'll agree with that. (laughs) Someday, someday. You want your dad to do what's right. Definitely. (laughs) So here's the secret. We can't. We can't do what's right. We can try, but we can't. So I'm done. Who's next? (laughs) No, no, no. Um, Okay, So so we can't. Even if we want to, we can't. Um, The Apostle Paul says in Romans 7.15, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. That's the Apostle Paul. Mm -hmm. Um, It gets even worse because Peter, the disciple that Jesus called the rock upon which he's going to build his church, he was told by Jesus specifically, you're going to deny me three times. Even though he knew that, he still couldn't stop himself from doing that. Uh-huh. I mean, if God told you, to your face, you're going to do this, you'd go, I'm not. I'm not, do it. I'm not do it. I know you think I am, but I'm not. But he did it anyway. So if the Apostle Paul and Peter, the chief disciple, can't do what's right, what chance do we have? What, what do we do? So the obvious answer is you just do the best you can. Um, since we cannot do what is right, we have to ask God for help. Um, but to me, I, I hear Doug say stuff like this in church, and this seems a bit nonspecific, <laughs> right? Ask God for help. Um, sounds good, but what does that mean? What, do you, what, what does God do to help us? I mean, in real life. Um, for me, it started a long time ago when I was a kid. I like Proverbs the best. I read that book over and over. And one of my favorite uh, couple of verses is in the first chapter. And it says, wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out on the public square. Come here and listen to me. I'll pour out the spirit of wisdom upon you and make you wise. You don't have to do anything. You just ask. And God says, here it is. Isn't that cool?
1: So he will give us the wisdom if we ask him. You hope. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, he does. I mean, he says, just do that. Yeah, it is a promise.
1: promise. Yeah, we just have to be
3: listening. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. You just ask. Wisdom's looking around in the streets for people that want to take wisdom. Right. So that's a pretty good deal. So that's my favorite verse. So I've told my kids this so many times, and now they just say, yeah, Dad, we got it. You've told us. Remember? You told us. They say that all the time.
1: Repetition. Uh, Yeah.
3: So, but that's so cool. And God says to ask him for wisdom, and he will pour out the spirit of wisdom upon you and make you wise. But again, it's not really that easy, right? You don't just sit there, and I'm wise. Right. No. You, for example, God gave me some skill as an artist, and people always say that they wish they could do what I do. They could draw and paint like I do. Now, I saw Jonathan paint in church one time, and it was yeah, pretty, it was pretty really good. Pretty good John. I don't think he kept it up, though. No, I didn't. You <laughs> probably still have that painting. That's you pretty... sold that painting, didn't you? No, we gave it away. <laughs> I don't think anybody would have bought that. So, people say they won't wish that they could do what I can do, uh, but I know what they're saying because I tell them sometimes, I could show you how to do that, but they don't really want to put out the effort or go through the process of learning. They just want to skip over all, all the hard stuff and practice, which I think is fun, so and skip to the end to where they have all the talent, right. but it doesn't work like that. Could God make that happen all of a sudden, like, bam, you're an artist? He could. I mean, he's God. He can do whatever he wants. Is he going to do that? Probably not. I mean, he does sometimes, um, but not likely because God is not a genie. As much as we like him to be, he's not a genie. So you guys don't do that for your kids, right? Why would God do that for us? Mm -hmm. If your kids don't put out some effort, you're not likely to do all their work for them. It's kind of like when they're trying to learn how to ride a bike. You're at the back of the bike holding it up, running as fast as you can. And when you're
2: just push you you and watch you fall, (laughs) just
3: go, yeah, just go, (laughs) figure it out. (laughs) But when the kids tell mom the story later, it's like the kids did it all themselves. They forget that you're there holding it. Just like we forget that God has given us wisdom and he's there to help us along the way if we ask him. So that's what God is. But if you never put out the effort and you never try to be good, never try to do the right thing, do you really expect God to do Mm. for you when you don't do for yourself? So he's not going to make you do the right thing like a puppet because he gave us free will and he gave us a free will to do the wrong thing if we want. So we can ask God to help us be good fathers and trust that he will um, in ways we won't even be able to see. He'll be holding the back of our bike so that we don't crash and burn. But we still have to put out the effort. So now, big part of the problem, at least for me, is that I'm extremely selfish. You Amen. guys, oh, yeah, my Who's not? Yeah. Well, I'd like to think I'm not, but I, Doug I'm, says oh, Doug. he's not. Oh, we Doug's need, not, I'm need not. a camera on oh, Doug. Doug. So I want to be a good dad, but that's as long as it doesn't get in the way of doing what I want to do, like playing golf, riding my quads. I don't have quads. You no. guys have quads, no. right? <laughs> uh, go hunting for a, for a week with my buddies, bowling, hang hang out with the guys. So you you get how it goes. Um, I used to play golf a lot, but when my kids came along. I kind of gave it up for about 15, 16 years, right? Because um, <laughs> if I, still. <laughs> yeah, this this is for you, Doug. <laughs> so it, I figured if I had four hours to spare, I wanted to spend it with my kids, because that's not time I can get back, because they grow up and then then that's they're gone. Wise. Um, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, so now I still do golf once in a while, mostly with Pastor Doug. Hi, Doug. Um, And I do that for a couple of reasons. Because it's good to frustrate Doug and to keep him humble. That sounds like the right thing to
4: do. (laughs) I know.
3: It's all for you, Doug. So we can try to be good and do what's right sometimes. And for the most part, we don't stand a chance. But God will help us if we let him, if we do our part. So a little story. I was asked a few years ago uh, at Thanksgiving by my mother-in-law to say grace before we ate. Um, And you guys have all seen this. Everybody stands around the table and you hold hands. Um, So we made a circle, held hands, everybody bowed their heads. And even though it was years ago, I remember exactly what I said, word for word. Hmm. Word for word. (laughs) So if you guys want to write this down, it's pretty good because I felt inspired by God. So word for word, I said, dear Lord, whatever, amen. (laughs) Amen. That's not what happened. People didn't laugh. I got a bunch of this.
1: Waiting for you to finish your prayer.
3: (laughs) And so I saw people poking their heads up, and I said, oh, yeah, thank you for the food. (laughs) (laughs) So it's quite a bit of silence and a lot of confusion. Uh, But two things happened after this. The first was I got to give a mini sermon um, where I explained that whenever I get what I think I want and need, things don't usually turn out very well. So I was giving God permission to give me what I need, what he knows that I need, not what I think I need. Because I have no idea what I need. I know what I think I want, but I don't know what I need. So the second benefit was they don't ask me to say grace anymore. (laughs) Right? And the few times that they have, my son and my wife go, don't do it. Don't, don't, don't do it. That's great. So anyway, we... All of us, we all get what we, what we want. You really do. You get what you really want because you spend your time on that. We all get to go to heaven if we really want. And we all get to be good parents and good fathers if you want, okay, if we really want to. But you've got to do your best to do what's right. And you've got to ask God for help because he will be there for you. So this next part I, I cleared with Lois because I didn't think I should probably say it, but she said, go ahead. That, that means she doesn't have to say it. So, just a few obvious things on the practical side that, like, where should I start? Just in case your dads are wondering what you can do, hopefully by now, you all know that when your kids were first born, you first held them, well, let's let's just say your kids do what you do and not what you say to do, right? You guys, Colton, is that right? Watch your dad and do what he... Definitely. Yeah.
0: Unfortunately.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's the deal. So, there's not one of us. That held our baby for the first time and said, I sure hope when this guy gets older, he's going to smoke and have a foul mouth. <laughs> right? Yeah. Anybody say that? That's true. So if this is one of your shortcomings, just man up, stop it, do it for your kids. <laughs> be a better example. I mean, that's easy stuff. And you can ask God for help and he will help you. He really will. Just ask him. So for the final thing to my wife and kids, thanks for making me a dad.
1: Amen. I love that. That's awesome. And uh, so I'm just going to add on there. So if you really want to know what to do, what is right to do, get in the word. Because it's the word that helps us. We don't think like God thinks. We don't do things like God does things in our own natural way. So we need to know what the word says and how he directs us. So next.
3: Wait, before, I would have said that, but I talked talked too much. So she said keep it short.
1: It's all good. (laughs) Yeah it's all good. So the next one is Daniel to love mercy. So what does God mean when he talks about mercy in this verse? At its core, mercy is forgiveness. In a dictionary definition used as a noun, mercy means compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. So Daniel, what does mercy look like to
0: you? Yeah, thanks, Lois. Uh, this guy picked the easier one. And I did. I looked at that I was one like, well, and thought, "Well, I'll do mercy. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do that, but we'll just kind of wing this baby and see what happens." Hey, don't hey, worry. You had help. I, I had some help. Um, because for for guys, and it's human nature. Like, if someone does something wrong, you're going to give them what they deserve. And just we are reactive. And if something happens, we we kind of respond in kind. And so. Um, God, as he always does, he flips the script and he, he um, sent his son and said, hey, you guys are all sinners, you deserve to die, but we're going to flip the script and we're going to give you mercy. And my son's coming and he's going to die for you. So, that's obvious, that's, that's great. We have an example of mercy. Well, when I read the Bible, there's these other sections that Ananias and Sapphira... Um, yeah, they did a little white lie. Like, who hasn't done that, right? And then, boom, <laughs> you're dead. Like, right. That seemingly doesn't have a lot of mercy in it. Good. And there's other sections where it's just, boom, you're dead or you're punished. And yeah. it seems really harsh. Um, but I am not suggesting that God is fickle or he's subjective. I think he has pure mercy. And sometimes mercy is um, involves corrective action that prevents us from something worse whether it be a physical harm or a uh, spiritual harm and so that type of mercy is very loving because it's protective Um, we all understand you know when our kids do something wrong um, they get embarrassed or they're hurt and you can tell they're shamed we don't need to scold them and there's there's no punishment needed you can tell they've they've punished themselves enough and you just hug them and you go alongside them and you forgive them and and whatever we do as parents that's a very godly type of mercy like there's no we don't need to drive this home there's nothing to teach this child he's already learned it by the failure but how do we teach them with mercy that's the trickier part and for me, I had a good example with my son. He was doing the classic toddler, you know, throw themselves on the floor, scream and yell and run around. I did that a lot. He did that a lot. Well, this one time I happened to be walking by, and it was usually with my wife. Those two just loved to butt heads. Still. Still. And I happened to be walking by right when he actually physically kind of tried to hurt her, he punched her, kicked her, something. And, but he didn't know I was there. So I reached around, grabbed him by his front little overalls, and did like the fake wrestler body slam down to the ground, but I didn't slam him, just, I just put him there. Um, and he's staring up at me with wide eyes like, what just happened? <laughs> and I just told him, hey, you, you never hit. He's like, you do not hit your mother. And I said it a third time, right? Cause you gotta get in those little heads. Like, eh. get in there. Third so, time's the charm. Yeah, do not hit ever again. And then I let him up and away we went. So to me, that was very merciful. I was showing him, I have all the power here and you deserve to be hurt and I'm not gonna hurt you. Good. And I'm very angry with you. And I just showed you that, but I'm not yelling, I'm not going crazy like you just did. But you need to know that that is not okay. Because we do not wanna raise our children with hurts, habits, and hangups that will lead to worse things in the future. You know, yeah. violence, Because yeah. um, they're gonna swearing. do what you do. They're yeah. gonna do what we do. So that was a really good, um, attempt at a human level of mercy, loving mercy. I loved my child so much I needed to discipline him, but it was very kind. And as, um, you know, humans go and we're told to, hey, do a talk on mercy, then God puts in us um, situations where we can act merciful or not. And so the second story is my daughter that happened after I'm supposed to do mercy. Um, My daughter is supposed to do a chore. um, And I've been nagging her, harassing her just cajoling her for the past 5 6 years um, and she does <laughs> this, it this is a, a long story yeah and and I've been very merciful like I don't I haven't really made a big deal out of it I just have to bug her and then she does it and it's but it's really annoying and I snapped finally I'd had enough and I snapped and I gave her what she deserved <laughs> and the whole family thought I was horrible and it wasn't very nice <laughs> E. But she, in a, a worldly sense, she deserved it. But where I failed was I didn't set her down and say, Kira, you're, you're disrespecting me because you're not doing this simple thing. I've given you all the tools to do it. I've, I've helped you do it. I've been very merciful for years. You just need to do it. And if you don't do it, there's going to be a punishment. You know, Whatever. But I failed in that instance. I, I had some long-standing mercy and then <laughs> zero mercy. <laughs> and there was no love there. She did not really, I mean, she l- probably learned through my failure, but it that's not a very good way to teach people. Um, and so I think that was an example of my failure. And where the big, you know, not-so-secret part of the Bible is everything has to happen in love. That's what that the verse starts with, love, mercy. Well, Jesus is the embodiment of mercy. So as fathers, if we love this embodiment of mercy, he can dwell in us and help us distribute mercy in our, in our family life or work life in, in a godly way to protect our children or our spouse or um, our coworkers or, or whatever the need may be to protect them from themselves, to protect them from us, to protect them from the world and ultimately help them raise up um, and be men and women of God. That's good. That's so good man. that's my spiel on mercy. I
1: like it. Any thoughts? Any comments? That's
0: good.
1: Nope. Nothing to add on that? Okay, lastly we're gonna look at what it looks like to walk humbly before a God. And... To introduce Jonathan's sharing, we're going to look at the definition of humbly, and the dictionary describes it as walking in a way that shows or suggests a modest or low estimation of one's importance, meekly or in another definition, in a lowly position or or condition, unpretentiously. So... That's what the dictionary describes it as. Jonathan, how do you apply this uh, to your life?
2: Obviously, these two didn't pick uh, humbleness. Uh, so yeah. These that, yeah. 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 two. I had yeah. no saying last year. Yeah. I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> when Pastor Doug and Lois first mentioned this to me, all I can kind of like an out-of-body experience. I talk on humbleness. How, how can I do that? If I know what I'm talking about, then is that prideful or is it I didn't know what to do? And then I, I started, humility and how you yeah. attained it. Then I, then, I, then I started researching humility. and all. I know it's fascinating. I just like to research things. And then after a while, I was just like, oh, well, I guess when I think about it, I got the best way to become humble is to get married, have children, <laughs> and or be a supervisor. And I thought, well, I, I'm worthless yeah, now on. anyway. So, yeah. so awesome. I've been told that every day. So I thought, well, maybe yeah. I can talk yeah. about it. But then I, then I sat back after I researched everything and looked and it says, walk humbly with, with God. And I, I think it's kind of what you guys summarized here is, is so true that you have to first want to walk with God and be open and to me walk with God just means I need to talk with him I need to read and then I just need to follow but coming humbly before him is knowing that he is everything he's, he just owns it all he's He control of it all he made us there's we're just nothing without him and I I just think it's uh, so powerful to uh, just sit before him and just in, in awe and I, I think a lot of times we just don't do it we're just busy we, we've got our personas that we have to look to you know i got the tough guy i got this guy i got this and i think we just need to sit down and just even take five minutes a day and just sit before him and just okay god like you're asking us for wisdom think about his word and just sit and how great he is and
3: it's pretty I, easy to do that I, if you actually look at who god is compared to us yeah, i think pretty I, easy to be humble i think right. it's okay. <laughs> more so for some yeah <laughs> but
2: it's easy to forget you get busy throughout the day and you think oh i know how to do this but he's given us that wisdom and that Anyway, that was that was all I came up with. It was. I love not, it. Not, not that much. is
1: as simple as it gets. Any thoughts on that?
0: Well, it's it's very attractive. I mean, he's he's perfect and he does everything right. We should want to pursue him, right. and but we don't do what's right. right. We want to, and then we're like, oh, I really want to pursue God, huh, but over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That's really good, though. I like what you were saying there, Jonathan. That recognize that he is. Everything belongs to him. So a lot of times our lack of humility comes with what we think Mm -hmm. is better about us than somebody else. But really all that we have is because he gave it to us and because he is who he is. So I love it. I love it. So in closing, men, I want you to know from a woman's perspective that I don't think that being a father or even being a man in today's culture is an easy thing task. I don't believe that anybody's making it easy for you guys. And I just want you to know that, it's, that you are going to have to pursue, that we all, women as well, have to pursue what it looks like to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before a God, because we're all called to the same thing. This just happens to be the scripture that we chose for today that men could unpack. And so I want you to realize that it's up to you, it's up to all of us to discover what that looks like. And it's not going to happen unless we go to God to find out. John, you, you brought that up so aptly at the end, you know, to walk humbly is just to recognize he is God and we are not. But we can find out what that looks like through studying scripture, through uh, making a decision to find other men and women and examples that we want to follow. They may be in the Bible. They might be somebody who's just right next to you. You just look for for people that are exhibiting characteristics that you want to follow, and then choose to get to know them. Choose to, to find out why, why are they who they are? What Brian said is so true, that people have become what they have become. We used it right at the beginning because of their life experiences. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we want what they've got, but we don't want to go through what they've gone through to, in order to get there. And be willing to pay the price to become what God has called each one of us to become. And what God has called each one of us, the path that he's called each one of us to walk on. So I just want to close with, here are a couple things that I read that I think will help you as you continue to become the men of God that God has called you to be. Choose to grow up and take responsibility. Life isn't always fun. Just a thought. Realize how important it is to be secure. Not in yourself, but in who God is in you. And here's some really good advice that you can give to your kids, especially when they're young. Don't wipe your peanut butter face on your shirt. (laughs) Just a thought. So thanks, Dad, for sharing. (laughs) Did you ever get told that?
4: I don't
0: remember, but he just elbowed me. So I'm assuming. Yes, yes. Yes, exactly.
1: So I just want to say thanks for sharing your wisdom with us today. You guys all had some really great stuff to share. And I want you to know that when you feel as though you cannot make it, you can't do it, you're not good enough. It's true. You're not, but God is. And when we are weak, he is strong. So as we close today, I would love to ask my husband to come on up, and pray for all of us. Especially the men. Because honestly, we pray for you. I pray for the men in this church. And I pray for you. Come on up. I pray for you to uh, to rise up and be the examples. To rise up and just love God. And to rise up and just set the example for what it looks like in this church. In order to lead us in the direction that we want to be. So, thanks for coming.
3: So, can I add that... Uh... Obviously, Lois' dad was my uncle. So she lost her dad when she was young. I lost my dad when I was young. I didn't like it. I had nobody to look up to. Exactly. But that made us look to God because God is our father. He knows what's going on. Exactly. And like I said, don't, don't ask me what's good for me. Just go ahead and give it to me, whatever is best. Um, we, we had to do that because we didn't have our dads. Exactly.
4: Exactly. So men, we just want you to know today that we hope you have a great Father's Day. But on top of that, uh, many men, whether you're a father or not, we have fallen short, just like they talked about today. Sometimes we don't know what it means to show justice. Sometimes we don't know what it means to show mercy. And certainly many of us don't know what it means to walk humbly before our God. And like uh, all of them said, the only way to attain manhood in the right way is to look to our Heavenly Father. So I want to give you an opportunity to do that today, to uh, give your life to Christ. So if you don't know Him, or maybe you've fallen away from the Lord, this is your opportunity to come to know Christ. Say this prayer with me. You believe it in your heart. You say it by faith. Confess it with your mouth. And Jesus becomes your Lord. So let's say this together. Father God, Father God. thank you thank for you. loving me so much, loving you so, much. so much that you sent your Son, you sent your son Jesus. you. To dine my place, I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of all my sins, all my mistakes, all my failures. Come into my life, be my savior, my lord, my boss, my friend, and my king. And by your grace and by your power, I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, Amen. In just a few moments. Somebody will come on the screen and tell you a number to text or how to get in touch so we can help you connect and grow in the Lord. God bless you guys. Hope you have a great day.
0: Thank you for joining us today. We have a lot of great resources for you over at harborcitychurch.org. Come check us out, and I hope you have an awesome week.